Welcome to, to Peace, Peace, Love, and Soup, Soup, audio nourishment for the heart and mind. With Brian Delaney and Tave Fashe Drake. Chili is not so much food as a state of mind. Margaret Cousins, poet. Tave, welcome to July. This month, we're doing things differently. We're chillin'. Chillin' with chili. And we're dedicating the entire episode to chief engineer at KBU, Tom Hood, also known as... Tommy Hollywood. Not only does he make a championship prize winning chili, but he also writes music. He's a composer, producer, humorist, and all-around nice guy. He has his own website with a friend of his called TravelingRadio.com, where he travels the country and records sound. All of the music and the sound effects Mm -hmm. that we're going to hear are from Tom Hood. We interviewed him while we were being interviewed on the Monday Sampler, which yeah. was such a new and exciting twist. And then we had a cookout we in did. front of KBU where Tom was making his prize-winning chili, or at least a variation of it. And we had made our soup, which I'm not going to spoil the surprise yet. Six-bean chili. <laughs> <laughs> and we made it home with a crock pot, and then we just brought it out here and served it. And so we got all sorts of wonderful opinions from voices all around the neighborhood. What a beautiful day it was. It's been a great summer. Um, I'm in the routine of during the day I look for work, and at night I go float on the river and chill. Really? Mm -hmm. I am going to be vicariously having that experience. Why are you on the river floating? I don't know. Maybe I will be tonight. Yeah. Summertime is my favorite time in Oregon. Yeah. It's so wonderful. It's so dry here. We don't have a lot of insects. It's just so pleasant. Everybody's happy. There's no clouds. Not at all. Unless when there are clouds. Well, I um. But I like to get to the river and get my float on. All right, let's so. do it. Get our inner tubes and get going. Yeah. And so this month's episode is called Chillin' with Chili. Let's go. Chill out, man. <laughs> Haven't heard that one in a while. Chill out. <laughs> right? History of Chili. We like to share a story about the history of chili written by the good people over at chilicookoff.com. From the time the second person on earth mixed some chili peppers with meat and cooked them, the great chili debate was on. Even more heated is the argument over where the first bowl was made, and by whom. Estimates range from somewhere west of Laramie in the early 19th century along the Texas Trail Drive to a grisly tale of enraged Aztecs who cut up invading Spanish conquistadors, seasoned chunks of them with a passel of chili peppers, and ate them. To keep things straight, chili, with an E, refers to the pepper pod, and chili, ending with an I, to the concoction. In the 1880s, a market in San Antonio, Texas, started setting up chili stands from which chili, or bowls of red, as it was called, were sold by women who were called chili queens. A bowl of red cost diners 10 cents and included bread and a glass of water. The fame of chili began to spread, and the dish soon became a major tourist attraction. It was featured at the World's Fair in Chicago in 1893 at the San Antonio Stand. Some cooks insist chili con carne, known simply as chili in the USA, is all about the cumin, while others choose coffee. Others say beef bouillon is a must, but some say it's beer. Popular items for this steamy stew are ground beef, pork, venison, and chili peppers. While variations, depending on geography, also include onions, beans, tomatoes, and of course, peppers. 
Google Best Chili Recipe and you'll get about 20 million results from Firehouse Red, inspired by America's firehouses, to Cincinnati Chili, characterized by cinnamon, cloves, allspice, or chocolate, and commonly served over spaghetti or as a hot dog sauce. As enthusiasm for chili grew, so did the competition. It is believed the first one took place somewhere in Texas in the early 1950s although other accounts say they began in Terlinga, Texas in 1967. The International Chili Society was spawned about 48 years ago to motivate competition. Today, the society, which has 2,000 active members, puts on 150 to 200 cook-offs each year, mainly in the U.S., but occasionally in Canada and Europe. Chili cooks can win as much as $25,000 for their best rendition of Chili Red, so get cooking. And good luck. We are here once more for the money sample. We got just Jess. Hi, hi. The man with the menus in his back pocket. BBK. They're ready for you. Happy Monday, everyone. We've uh, got Tommy Hollywood yeah. and the uh, podcast members from Peace, Love, and Soup here on Boo. Oh, I see the mighty Tave. And Brian. And Brian, he's, he's new. He's there, new to the sampler. Liz so. Fortunato. It's summer, so keep listening. Young Tommy Hollywood is here. Uh, with some of his compositions. You know why Mozart couldn't find his music teacher? Why? He was hiding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know why Beethoven killed all his chickens? Why? Because they kept going, bock, bock, bock. Oh, no, no! <laughs> Tommy, man, you are a legend here. Your dad started the place, right? He was one of the founders. Yeah, wow. there were lots of them. My dad was a uh, jazz musician. He was with the Charlie Barnett Orchestra back in the 40s and had a career in Hollywood until the polio epidemic wiped his career out. My uncle, uh, Bill Hood, was in uh, Hollywood for a 40-year career and uh, was a session man. He was one of the wrecking crew, people who put tracks on, like, the monkeys. He's on the monkeys' last train to Clarksville, and you don't know it because he's not on the record. There's a documentary about the wrecking crew you should see. There's, like, three stills of my uncle on that. He went to Japan twice with Quincy Jones, once with Burt Bacharach. So You're there was my mind yeah, over so here. there's there's no way I could escape, you know. I started pressing buttons on recorders when I was very young and I'm going to be 66. Then how did you make your transition into Kabu? I came up in 69, so that was uh, about it was about a year after the station license was signed uh, in my dad's living room, the first 10 watt FCC license for Kabu. Uh, oh, and by the way, there were other call letters. There were about eight of them. I'll have to find them for you. But one of them was K-R-U-D. K-R-U-D. We were almost going to be crud. Oh. <laughs> I do know that the K-Boo comes from Berkeley Boo. You know? I did not know that. This has been verified by Lorenzo Milam, who wrote the original book, Sex and Broadcasting. And he was the one that started the Crab Nebula, mm -hmm. a series of, of small community stations. Yep. And he was the Johnny Appleseed of community radio stations and were one of those. My dad was a polio victim. So was Lorenzo. So they struck up a friendship and they corresponded. So that's how Kabu came to be. Well, the Kabu came from the Berkeley Boo, the weed <laughs> that they were smoking. And the station license was signed on Halloween. Very appropriate. So that was the cover for all these years. And uh, Lorenzo made certain that we did not whitewash that history. We are, in fact, the community radio station named after a strain of weed. 
This is brilliant. It's so Portland. I'm so glad we're not crud. So for our listeners, there's an alternative to alternative radio, which is the podcast. They're the pod people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you can go where? On our website, peaceloveandsoup.com. We do a significant soup along with culture, cooking, and And conversation. conversation. Wow, you guys sound really, really good together. (laughs) Six months now. Yes, exactly. We feature all kinds of soups. We started off the year with hot soups, and then as the months got warmer, Mm -hmm. we went to colder soups. Last month, we featured gazpacho. We did. For Gay Pride Month. I'm like, oh, I've been saying it wrong all this time. (laughs) (laughs) And we usually will go back and forth, often with like more of a vegan or a vegetarian option, and then a meat-based or something Mm. like that. And so there's soups for everyone. I'm excited to hear this show. (laughs) I'm glad. Did you turn the bacon over? I only come in here with a screwdriver when something's broken. (laughs) Well, oh, it was the smell of the bacon, right? Tommy hooked up here in the air where we can, like, cook bacon during the show. Did you know that our Tommy makes Mm -hmm. chili? Tave decided that we should do something about cooking. Since I'm a chili cook, I thought I'd bring something about chili and chilling. Most of the chilling I do (laughs) is in my studio when I'm not cooking. This is kind of a fun tune. Here's Easy Street. It's the voices of the peppers. I'm a big pepper connoisseur myself, where I love learning of all the different ones with the, all the different flavors. I got a chance to try the uh, the elusive ghost chili, oh. and it tastes amazing. You just have to respect the pepper. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is it was super fruity, like habaneros. They have like an amazing fruit flavor. Mm. You know, you just gotta know how to work it. I wonder if anybody here knows about the PDX Hot Sauce Expo. I've, I've oh. heard of it. The dates are August 5th and 6th, and they have a world record event. I guess it's a Carolina Reaper eating contest. Yeah, Does Carolina the... Reaper is the, is the world's hottest pepper seed. Mm. Sounds yeah. really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but Tommy, so what's like the spiciest song you've got there for us to oh, listen to? Probably the Tom's Tabasco Chili theme song by Cam Newton. I recorded Cam for about 10 years. Here it comes. So it's perfectly seasoned. (laughs) (laughs) The Ever Clever. Health is what you come to. The best 
These are uh, vintage synthesizers layered for no particular reason as pure improv. Like this show today, right, Fortunato? Layered. We're not endorsed by any particular food. Or food group. Or musical genre. I wonder if Mr. Hollywood knows the Hollywood restaurant called Chasen's. They were well known for their chili. Apparently Elizabeth Taylor had 10 quarts flown to her when she was working on the Cleopatra film in Rome. And the chef, Dave Chasen, would go in on Sunday evenings and wouldn't tell anybody what he put into his chili. And all the actors in all of Hollywood were biting at the chomp for it. He was so secretive he wouldn't let anyone else cook it. Now, speaking of food, there's a certain animal that loves to eat, that would eat all the time, and that's a feline. And Tommy's got his own cat. Now, your cat has musical talent. My cat used to have a great deal of musical talent. She was around in the picture for 19 years. Here's Spook, and she's playing on the Fender Rhodes 88-key electric piano from her (laughs) record called Purr With Me. Like the cage, but. (laughs) No, they communicate on a higher plane. God, I love this, man. I do too. Well, do you think she might have a career? Might. She definitely does. (laughs) Anyway, that was for you, Spook. Aww. So, Tommy, what are your top secrets when it comes to chili? Are you willing to release them today for our listening audience? Oh, I'll release a few. Okay, I guess. okay. I'll say number one, um, go ahead and get some uh, mock tender. That's the chuck. Okay. And it's mm. a, it will cook up especially fast. And so when you're in competition, <laughs> that's a big deal that you want your chili to be uh, completely cooked. Wait a minute, I have to interrupt. So this is a chuck roast, but it's called mock tender? Mock tender chuck. What? It's a particular cut. You can get it as a roast. Um, you can also put it in your freezer so that it's chilled, and then you can use a slicer to make uh, very hmm. tiny little pieces. Okay. So first you cook your meat, and you let it uh, uh, simmer and simmer and simmer forever until it's done. I usually put like three serrano peppers into the thing, what you do with the peppers is you uh, slit them with a knife so that the juices ooze out mm-hmm. and you just let them boil on top. When the peppers are done, fish them out, put it in a spoon and then bring another spoon and squeeze the juice out of the peppers so that you're oh. not getting the seeds into your chili. Another secret is do not cook beans with meat. If you do want beans in your chili, you can cook them separately and then add them later. Separate your spices into two dumps. Uh, The first dump will be uh, chili powders, uh, cayenne. You save your salt uh, to the very end. 
Now, and when you're saying a dump of spices, you're just meaning like the time you add it in. So there's two different times you're adding them in. You dump mm -hmm. a bunch in the first time and you dump a bunch in the second time. Right. Uh, a little trick is to uh, put a bit of oil in with it at the same time. It helps the spices blend right in. And the second dump will be pretty much the same thing. And gotcha. then at the very end, if you're doing competition, you usually put a very last, what they call the kicker, to go to the judges. Of course, one of the biggest features of it all at the very end, especially in the finishing, is your cumin, your camino. That's really that southwestern taste, that flair. So if someone has chili and they think it's okay, but it doesn't taste like chili, it's probably the cumin they're missing or mm -hmm. not enough of it. Mm -hmm. For the competitions, they usually have you do a giant bowl of chili for the people who are coming by. So that's, that's the public pot. And then you have the judge's pot. Of course, I am more critical of the judge's pot. That is, you're looking for perfection there. So there's criteria that judges are looking for. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a bunch of them. It's the size of the little cubes of meat. You want that bowl of red to be really bright. And the way to get that is to get some high-reflectance paprika. What they really like, they want meat with gravy. Mm. That's really what it is. Well, that's probably what makes chili a soup, in my opinion. Tell us about how you got started making chili in the first place. Well, I'm a native Oregonian. I accidentally was dragged off to Texas when I was seven years old. Poor oh, wow. baby. I learned from a <laughs> Texas champion who had taken the State Fair of Texas several times and was also a Terlingua champion. Terlingua is a place in Texas, very south. It's a big national park. When I came back, I beat 27 out of 30 Oregon teams. Wow. Oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. So I recommend going to Texas and really experiencing what the southern mm -hmm. tongue is like. Tommy just got back from a trip down to Texas, and he brought this fantastic chili mix. I, I always buy my spices in San Antonio, but uh, I couldn't get through the security. They had to test my chili spices, and they did swabs on it. Everything turned blue, and I was allowed to go through. This is how. Thank um, heavens for peace, love, and soup. You were allowed to go right? through, or we wouldn't <laughs> so, have this chili so mix. So I wanted to bring that to you, and I hope you can find find oh. a use either with chili or soups. You can use it pretty much just universally. There's another chili you can make that is not a bowl of red. It's a bowl of green or white. It's oh. called white chili. You can do this with white beans, like navy beans. You fish out all your peppers and stuff so you don't have a bunch of green and other stuff. It's actually a white color. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should do a cook-off of chili here at the studio and do it live. Mm -hmm. Right, and invite people to come on by and have some. What I would suggest is there are a bunch of people who uh, are vegetarian and vegan. So I'm wondering maybe another pot of soup that is non-meat. The white chili. It's just the all-vegetarian chili. Maybe we could do a white mm -hmm. one of that on our cool minute. I can't wait. I love we this idea do of doing it live here in front of Kboot. We're taking over the sidewalk <laughs> with our new restaurant. Peace, Love, and Soup does chili in front of KBOO Portland. Chilling. Your community radio station. Up at KMUN, I would go to the uh, transmitter site because I was uh, working on the transmitters there. And I would I would bring my Coleman stove and set up in the base of the transmitter tower and make my chili right, right there. Oh, you make just, your chili while you were fixing stuff. So two yeah, types of fixings. You know, this is you do it for the adventure and the experience of, of what's happening. So. Well, I'm going to remind everyone we're listening to KBOO Portland, right. and this is the Monday Sampler. Every Monday from 2 to 4, and you're going to get a sampling of all sorts of wonderfulness, musical as well as other. And if you heard this show and you want to listen to it later, you can go to kboo.fm forward slash listen. 
and search for the Monday Sampler. That's right. And the show will be posted in a little while after the show. So you can go back and listen to it. Or you can tell somebody, hey, I heard this great show. You can listen to it again. Hey, are you hungry? You should listen to the Monday Sampler today. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, what the hell just happened? And can I listen to that again? We're going to have to wrap things up here on the Sampler. Thanks to Mighty Tave and her her number one buddy. Brian Delaney. Thanks to Tommy Hollywood, Yes, of course, for always being amazing and for taking the time out of his busy day to chat with us here. Well, thanks for having me. Brian Delaney and I want to thank all of the Monday Sampler regular hosts for having Peace, Love, and Soup on today, too. So thanks so much for all of that, of course. Fun collaboration today on the Sampler. What do you think, Fortunato? Hey, it's like crazy fun. (laughs) Thanks all for listening. Go home and make something to eat. You're You're listening listening to to Peace, Peace, Love, and and Soup. Did you know the old school actor and cattleman, Will Rogers, called chili a bowl of blessedness? He supposedly judged each town by the quality of its chili. He sampled chili in hundreds of places and even kept a box score as if it were a sporting event. You men. <laughs> in his opinion, the finest chili came from a small cafe in Coleman, Texas. Did you know a chili head is slang for someone who enjoys eating chili peppers or chili con carne? Did you know that capsaicin is what makes chili pepper spicy? The highest concentration can be found in the white pith of the inner wall where the seeds are attached. Capsaicin is commonly used in food products to provide heat. Some people even experience euphoric effects from ingesting capsaicin. Chili heads attribute this to the release of endorphins caused by the human body's natural reaction to reduce pain. It's used in topical ointments, nasal sprays, and dermal patches to temporarily relieve minor aches and pains, strains, and sprains. Capsaicin is the active ingredient in pepper spray. Variations of it are used to deter pests such as deer, bear, insects, attacking dogs, and it goes without saying, human muggers. Did you know Jesse James, yes, that outlaw and desperado of the Wild West that we all heard about as kids, refused to rob a bank in McKinney, Texas, because that's where his favorite chili parlor was located. Food is very motivational, don't you think? It's also it a deterrent. Crime. It <laughs> chili is a crime preventer. <laughs> This is smoked paprika, and it has a very nice succulent, right? And it's pretty bright orange. You can see it on the radio. <laughs> and then this is a darker chili, more rich. That one's almost beet colored. Almost like a grounded bacon bit, right? Mm, we just always have bacon on the brain. Now, did we even introduce what we're doing today? We're no longer in the kitchen like we usually are. Today, we're out front of Kebu with Tommy, our chili champ. And Tave, who has challenged him with a five-bean <laughs> vegan option. Do you want to describe what you've made last night, Tave? Actually, it could even be called six-bean if you include the wax beans as oh, one of them. Totally. So, a can of wax beans, and then in addition to that, a can of butter beans, cannellini beans, also known as white kidney beans. What a good Italian you are. <laughs> I try. I try to make the family proud. And great northern beans, garbanzo beans, and a can of 
just white beans. Because we're doing it camping style. Brian and I went out and we bought a bunch of wonderful assortment of beans, but we just got them in cans. Cans. Those traditional like 15 to 16 ounce size. Cans. Opened them up. Cans. Threw them all in. And then we also bought a big can of hominy. How many? Oh, <laughs> like a double size can. It was sort of Texas sized. Speaking of Texas size, in addition to that, we bought just a little bag of frozen jumbo corn added that into. So what I did was I took 12 medium tomatillos, 18 small sweet yellow peppers, two big heads of garlic, and one giant white onion. Put them in the food processor and I kind of like pulverized them that way so they were still like a little bit chunky. And then you cook that in the crock pot, correct? Yeah, because it's so hot, throw everything in your crock pot and just go to town. And I did three different dumps of spices. I did a teaspoon of light olive oil to sort of keep it in that white vein. And I used a full tablespoon of cumin, a half a teaspoon of white pepper, one whole teaspoon of ground coriander. And then I also used a half a teaspoon of sali limon. My new favorite thing, it's like sour salt. So I did that three times, three dumps. Perfect. Do you have any hot pepper in your chili? I do. We use two habaneros. They're really distinct to other peppers. They're very aromatic. And then we also got one serrano, like Tommy was suggesting. And after I've put my first dump of spices in and then mixed everything else into the crock pot, I put the peppers on the top. And I just let it cook like that with the lid on. And so the idea is they're going to cook in the soup, but it's not going to be like spicy. And then I remove them each time I put an extra dump of spices in and mix it around so I don't break the stem off of them. Which would release the innards of the pepper. Exactly, especially if the skin broke apart. And then we'll just chop it up and have it on the side. We'll have like a skin and seed section for the hardcore people. All right, well, we're out front prepping Tommy's chili con carne. And then we're going to open up the table to the masses. Stay tuned. What are we listening to, Tommy? Well, that's the voices of the chili. It's bubbling away, man. Do you want to describe the visual for our people out there? Well, we have a beautiful uh, dual Coleman stove here and some basmati rice, which is great with spicy foods. And then uh, these are all fiberware uh, stainless steel. This is the normal competition size. You're not allowed a larger pot when you compete. No, usually that's what everybody uses. This is for real. You do real chili cook-offs. I'm kind of a free-range chili cook. So at this point, we're not going with traditional Texas chili then. This is close to competition. I lived in Texas for a year. Your name is? I'm Ray. And that's one of the few things I liked about it was the chili cook-off. So, Tom... When do you like to put your onions and garlic in? Do you put them in like right with the meat or you like to wait? Wait until the meat is kind of tender. The main thing is just boil the heck out of it and don't even mess with it until you get the meat in the zone and then start putting garlic, onion, and then your first dump. Yes, I love it. And to get the spices to blend together, I, I like to use a little dab of brill cream. <laughs> you get that in the local no, store? not right. It was something else. The guys in Texas, they used a dab of Crisco, believe it or not. Do they mix the spices in with the Crisco they first and then dump, put it in? Dump the spices in and then just a dab of some oil or Crisco or something, and it, it helps the spices blend right together. Right. We'll let this reduce for a little bit longer, and then we'll kind of give it a taste as well. See if it needs more actual heat, like cayenne. But what I'm trying to do is come up with a medium base, and then you steer it. And if you want to go hotter, you go hotter. 
really when you're saying base, it's like a base for the last bits of spice, not a base for anything else. There's not going to be beans put in this. You're not adding a bunch of vegetables or anything else like that. No, basically chili, peppers, powders, garlic, onion, beef, and, uh, and camino. Cumin. That's really it. <laughs> and love. Oh, we got our first customer. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, welcome. And what's your name? Bree. Hey, Bree. This is the vegan six bean chili. And then over there is the meat chili, but it's not quite done yet. But you're welcome to taste this one if you want. Then there's different garnishes too. Cilantro, Mexican cheese, onion, cheddar cheese, nopales over here if you want to throw that on there. At first, you know, I wasn't too sure about it. <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. Yes, yes. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a Hispanic soup, pozole. And I feel like it would be perfect with like some lime or lemon. But I give it out of 10, maybe an 8. You said at first you were a little bit skeptical when you saw it. Tell me why. Um, most of the beans I haven't heard of, but this is really good. Eight out of a ten good. I, mean, I haven't tried the other one yet, so I can't compare it to anything. Oh, okay, true, true. So welcome our next contestant on Peace, Love, and Soup. So what's your name? People call me St. James. Yeah, I'm a cook. <laughs> Tell us about your chefing background. Not a chef. There's a lot of respect to be called a chef, and so I shy away from that characterization. Would you call me a chef? <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, well, first taste, then tell. <laughs> She's stirring her beans. She is now ladling, and St. James is digging in with a spoon. Oh, wow. That's delicious. That garlic, it's so good. Oh, my God. And when you do, like, the puree for, like, a chili or a soup, just, like, gives it that nice, robust, creamy, where it's not too soupy. It almost becomes like a bisque. It's perfectly balanced with the onions. Yeah, I'm into it. Hey, well, thanks for dropping by. So Brian Nadia here is trying our white chili. Look at how beautiful a plate looks. Do you really know how to work yeah, a buffet? I, I go for color. I have my green cilantro here, my red salsa, my yellows and browns from the chili. The Japanese say that you should have, I think, seven or eight different colors in your meal, and it makes it more delicious. And so I, I try to abide by that when I can. It's all about the aesthetics. You know, I think when you enhance the, the smell and the, um, the flavor and the color, and you know, it all just kind of makes for a better meal. I'm so excited for you to taste this and give me your reaction. Mm. So this is really delicious. So I get something that's kind of tangy, which is really unusual for me in a chili, but I like it. Now, are you saying citrus, but without saying citrus? <laughs> I don't know what the secret ingredient is. It's coriander. Oh my gosh. That's why I didn't say citrus. <laughs> Thank you, Nadia. Enjoy, enjoy. And our next fabulous contestant stepping up to the crock pot is, can you introduce yourself, sir? Hi, my name is Matthew, and I'm a big fan of soup. Always have been, always will be. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, giving this a good go here. I smelled it coming around the corner, and I yes, just wanted to thank you for doing what you're doing. Our pleasure. We were inspired by Tommy. He was like, I'm going to make my chili on the corner of the street, and why don't you whip up a soup? That's fun. Yeah, I love just everything about it. Uh, ten. Ten? You know, full-on ten. Would you make it at home? Yeah, I, I would. Sometimes it seems like it might be a little better doing it out here in the sun. It's like campfire cooking or whatever. I've been seeing the Peace, Love, and Soup podcast on the KB website. I like them a lot. This is fun doing it here in person. Thanks, Matthew. So welcome. Will you introduce yourself? I'm Becky Myers. What brought you here today? I came for the chili. I hear it is amazing. Mm. Mm. Wonderful tanginess. Good amount of cumin. Oh, 
we haven't had a cumin response yet. I think that the textures meld really well together. Perfect vegan chili for the summer. Thanks. Oh, no, thank you. So what's your name? Welcome to our little Papa Peace, Love and Soup chili corner here at KBU. I'm Johnny. Uh, my buddies call me Johnny Cool. I got AP's bands. Uh, Johnny Cool's big fat swing set. Awesome. So what do you think of our six bean chili? I got a good spice to it. Are you vegan? I try not to label myself because that way, you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But when I'm taking a big break from meat and things like that, uh, I don't want people to say, oh, look at you eating meat now. Exactly. And I'm just like, well, it's how my body feels. Let's go with the flow. Give me some specifics about what you like about it. I like the onions. I'm a man about flavors. I'll be back with the other kind of chili, too, the meat chili. You know, I'm in both worlds. So we have another person stepping up to our vegan chili booth. My name's Tom. Tom, where are you from? I'm from Kebu. Is that a new state or country? It's a state of mind. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's just got a a tiny little bit of residual heat. It's slow. I like slow. Thanks. I really am just about on the verge of tears about that. That's really wonderful to know that it lives up to the Tommy Hollywood's competition standards. Oh, 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 oh wait, wait, we, we're missing something. What's going on now? Uh, this is called the first dump. Yeah, it's going to release in a little bit here. It's going to start smelling like chili now. In addition to regular garlic, I also use some granny garlic. You can't hurt yourself too much with too much garlic. Um, when you get toward the kicker, which is the very last stage, that's the kind of stuff that you would want to put at the last, so you get a fresh renewal of the garlic and the onion and stuff because it changes over the period of time that you're cooking this. So you are bringing it in for a landing, you're steering it into the parking lot, and she's putting her nose in it now. It smells like chili. Wow, and it's beautiful red. Do you mind if we photograph your chili? That's quite all right. I have an artist release form right here. <laughs> Hello, what's your name? Bill. Welcome. I am Bill Dodge. I'm kind of a veteran. I volunteered here when I was 17 in the summer of 1976. I was there when the first Monday sampler started. Uncle Mort was in that time slot for about 25 years before Matt. Also known as Fortunato. Did you know something about Matt Clark that he probably hasn't told you? They used to shut off the transmitter at 1 a.m. on Fridays, and it was just static. This is in the mid-70s, and Fortunato said, I'll do it. So he was on uh, for many years between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m., and he usually ended with a reading of some kind, much like his theater show that he's doing now. It's true that there was no late-night radio to speak of, especially on Friday nights, uh, because Fortunato started it in the mid-70s. He did not share that with us. Modest. And he probably didn't have time to tell you in between all the other stuff that goes on in that show. Oh, Oh, sorry, one sec. Tommy, welcome back. Yeah, who are you? Oh, my name is Brian from Peace, Lemon Soup, bringing you significant soup each month along with culture, cooking, and conversation. Audio nourishment for both the heart and the mind. We are back to part two of preparing this contest-winning, competition-style chile. I think it's time to start with three of these serrano peppers and put some slits in them. And just throw them in? Toss them in there. Did you know that they're putting hydrogen in our water now? What? Hi, I'm Phil G. And sir, have you been on the radio before? I host the Forest of Fenario on KBOO Portland. It's my little corner of the musical universe. Would you like to uh, record your reaction to having our six-bean white chili? I'm a big fan of whoever made the vegan chili. And it looks like it has some pozole in it. And I'm adding some onions to this to garnish it up to make it extra delicious. Oh, look at this, nopalitos. So now um, this makes the chili even more slimy. 
I will say this is extremely tasty. It's filling. One of the things that Portland really specializes in are faux meats. So it almost has a faux chicken vibe to it. I think it's the hominy. On the scale of one to 10, as far as heat goes, it's kind of mild. I would call it maybe a three. And I'm hoping that nobody else shows up to have any of this so I can have more. Done. Well, brilliant, sir. Thank you for your clear words. We have another guest at our vegan bowl. Marcia. Hello, Marcia. Nice to meet you. I'm looking forward to tasting this. We'd love to know what you think. Now, this is the white chili. Five beans, six six beans. If you count the wax beans. Okay, well, you got to count all the beans. Are you an accountant? (laughs) No, I'm not. Mmm. I would have never thought to do a six bean chili. What a wonderful idea. It just sort of came to us when we were in the grocery store. We were inspired on the spot. And it happens a lot, actually. And Brian said, well, gosh, we could just get like one can of each, a number of different kinds. We were limited to the color, though. We wanted white. So it was your creativity. Very nice. And then Tavi found the hominy, this Mexican corn that was white. We're like, we got to put that in there, too. Perfect. I approve. I like the flavors. I like that there's a little kick to it. You look like a spicy girl. <laughs> and it lingers. But it's not, uh, it's not an assault, which I really like. Because some, it's like your dragon mouth, quick, give me milk. It's not heavy. It's not like, okay, this is chili. You know, you taste it and you say, hey, this is pleasant. It's a nice diversion. I am loving your descriptive review. Are you a writer? I'm going to nail this down. (laughs) You're not an accountant. Maybe you're a writer. Are you a writer? Well, I do do some writing, but I'm here on KBU alternating with Nick Geffro, where our jazz lives, and I sit on the PDX Jazz Board of Directors. So um, there's a lot of interaction, a lot of artsy connection around this wonderful town. It's a wonderful town. I agree. Really. All right, so we're back at Tommy's Pot. Putting a little bit more paprika in. More Camino. This is dump number two or three? Technically number three. Who's counting? You know, it's kind of shiny. That's good. It's real close. And why do you say close? What is it missing? Um, I think the meat's probably done. I'm getting a little bit of heat. It takes like a minute or a minute and a half in your mouth for it to fully wrap around. It needs some salt because I have not put any salt. This is kosher salt. Some people put masa flour in to thicken it. I just prefer to reduce the chili until it gets thicker. Taste it, see what you think. There's so much going on in it. My only thought is, should it be hotter? It's ready. Uh, It's safe now and you can always add some. Some people put um, chopped onions and cheese on top, maybe a little bit of rice underneath. So go ahead and load yourselves up and this is pretty much in the zone. Now, wait, I didn't hear a bell ring or anything, Tommy. Do you bang on something? Oh, I, just, I don't have a bell. Okay. It's soup. Hi, my name's Anthony. I am one lucky intern here at KBU, and I have just had the carnivore version of the chili, which I don't typically eat meat, but this chili, it's really savory because it's been simmering for hours. is definitely worth it. Ray, what do you say? I'm sold. It's the perfect level of spice. The meat, you can just kind of gum it. It falls apart. It's so tender. It is perfect. 
little cheese on top, I'm good. That's the first time I've ever heard that term, gumming it. That is exactly what it is with that meat. We tried to poison and ruin his chili when he left, but it appears it didn't work, and he's going to take the crown again. <laughs> to prove that chili is indeed a soup, Brian is drinking some of the juice. It is a soup. That meat has dissolved in my mouth. Mmm. The spicy theater going on in my tongue. And as Tommy described it earlier, yes, it starts at the beginning, the tip, and then it spreads its way back to the back of my tongue. I liked watching you draw shapes in the air with the spoon when you're trying to think of how to describe it. It's like I could, I got a visual of what it tasted like. What can I say to that? <laughs> so I'll have a bite of Tom's without all the stuff, and then I'll have a bite with. What? It's hearty but delicate at the same time. If red meat could be light, that's what this is. Don't miss that juice like dripping to the side of your plate. Mm. It's got legs to it, but I don't think it's that spicy. It's interesting to me too, because when I think of chili, I think of more of like a stew-like consistency, but this really does have like what I would call a broth to it, this chili con carne. So interesting to know that that's how they do it down there in Texas. You can see why he's a winner. And if you really want to find out about chilies, one of the best things you can do is go to a chili cook-off and become a judge and try 16 different chilies in a row. We've got tricks that we learned from Tommy here today. So keeping your meat tender by constantly keeping the liquid level over the top of it, putting your spices in, in different dumps, even potentially reserving some raw garlic and raw onions to put in at the end if you feel like it, depending on how you're driving and where you're trying to park your vehicle. <laughs> so Tom, I'm super thankful for you doing this for us, obviously. But the chili was amazing. The broth, I mean, it really is the epitome of soup. I guess it is then. It's not really chili, it's soup. Good job. Yay, Tommy. Yay, all of us. Yay, Kebu. Bringing people together around radio and food. So you say that your podcast goes on for 17 hours? <laughs> we could have it play back at a faster rate. It all sound like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. I'm speechless, delicious, and um, pleasure. The amazing Tom Hood, multi-talented man, engineer, chili champion, composer, comedian, friend to all, and all-around good guy. Yeah. I'm glad you like the chili. You people get out of my house, please. <laughs> you please let me feel Tommy, thanks for the chili. That was awesome. Got hit the road. Thank you for listening to Peace, Love, and Soup. Audio nourishment for both the heart and the mind. Next to jazz music, there's nothing that lifts the spirit and strengthens the soul more than a good bowl of chili. Harry James, big band trumpeter. And by Tom Hood, you can't hurt yourself too much with too much garlic. All right, all you Peace, Love, and Soup listeners out there, so for next month, we are going to be bringing you Everybody's favorite summer fruit, watermelon. Yes! Yes. I love it. It's going to be a cold watermelon soup. We are totally staying away from the kitchen this summer, mm -hmm. aren't we? Yeah, we really are. Exciting. It's going to be a really refreshing thing and a nice way of finishing off those hot summer months. Tune in then mm -hmm, exactly. to find out all our secrets that we learn about watermelons. I've got some different things you can do with watermelon seeds, even. I cannot wait. We'll also learn about Ayurvedic ways of eating fruit. 
which what? if you want to find out more about listeners, you'll have to tune back in to some really great summertime fun. I'm going to go float now. All right, let's All right. go float. Until next month. Chill out, man. <laughs> For more information about today's show, along with artist links, photos, recipes, and more, visit us on our website, peaceloveandsoup.com. I'm having a blank. HRG. Highly recommended grooves. Yeah. Welcome back to Peace, Love, and Soup Live. Brian and I are here, and we're going to be with you for about the next 15 minutes. A lot has happened since we recorded that episode, and Tommy Hollywood has retired from KBU. He was here for decades, mm-hmm. doing all sorts of wonderful, magical stuff, and now he's going to be doing music full-time, so best of luck to Tommy and his music. And speaking of music, Tave and I are chillaxed and ready to chat with today's special guest, local musician and Peace, Love & Soup contributor, Notorious Jai. Hey, Jai. How you doing, guys? Hey. hey. I heard you had a new name. Yeah, I changed it to, to Sugi Ponson. Sugi Ponson. Sugi Ponson. This may take me the whole 10 minutes <laughs> that we have easy. left. Okay. <laughs> Sugi. Sugi. Like sugar. Sugar. Sugi. Ponson. Ponson. Okay. Yeah. Will you want to tell us what it means? Ponson means like pot belly, and Suge is just like Suge Knight. He was like a a rap executive, mm. very notorious, and the CEO of Death Row Records. So this makes sense that you go from He's being now. notorious Jai to Suge Ponson, and also Sweet Belly. Exactly, nice. You know the vibes. Are you a spicy, mild, or medium kind of guy? You, I, you know, I have different <laughs> different vibes. Okay, chili mean. Oh, was I supposed to ask about oh, chili? About oh, chili? I thought yeah. I was asking no, him about himself. No, hey, I oh. like spicy chili all day. <laughs> this is live. That's true. I forgot. I was asking him what kind of guy he was. I didn't uh. know I was supposed to ask him about chili, Brian. <laughs> um, well, so Jai, thanks again for letting us feature your music in a number of our episodes from season one. Most recently, listeners, you would have heard Cherry Tomatoes ending our episode six, whether you heard it live last month at KBU or whether you're listening to it and streaming it online. Um, so what have you been doing musically since your release of Cherry Tomatoes? Well, I went back home to New York, had coffee with my grandmother almost every morning. And uh, musically, I just, you know, learned how to make beats. I came back and got with my man Sam Seif, and we started a collective called Highly Recommended, or HRGs, because we're Highly Recommended Gs, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, or God's. We've just been like working on his project and working on some music, just new new vibes. Nice. So you've moved into producing is what it sounds like. Yeah, like more of just um, executive producing and creative directing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like uh, funding the homies' projects. I'm like really taking this, uh, this Suge Knight thing seriously. I'm, I, I just want to put out music. I want to be involved in like the, uh, the, the bigger picture of projects, help the homies like come together and and figure out what they want to do together, you know. And is it a very collaborative, friendly group here yeah. in Portland, or are you talking like nationally? Like, what, what when you talk of your group? Well, yeah, my group is is national. You okay. know, my, I have friends in in New York and Georgia and yeah. out here in Portland that all you know make music. People in Chicago, yeah. and um, but you know, highly recommended right now is just you know just a group of people in Portland. Who are some of your other collaborators? You know, my man Sam Seif, um, my man Carizzi. He has the the vibes, you know. He comes with the. He has such an amazing voice. Mm. Um, my man Pete Banks. He's like a a narrator, you know. He should be on the radio, actually. Okay. I should get him in here. Word. 
my man Fee, you know, my main man, right hand, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has a lot of names. Some call him Flo. One of the things I like about Phoenix is he's a culinary person as well. He takes his food super seriously. Purple potatoes. Yeah. All his music is about food. Yeah, I'm excited for his project that we're going to be uh, recording that this week, actually. Nice. Yep. My man Baki, oh, somebody okay. else that I work with, he does a lot of things with Andre Middleton. Nice. Andre Middleton and Friends of Noise, which Word. promote the importance of music for people of all ages. And venues supporting artists of all ages. So I love that you're doing this too, Jai. Do you do this at home or do you do this? Yeah, I just built my studio at the crib. If anybody has any equipment that they want to donate, my email address is jaihurdle at gmail.com. J-A-I-H-U-R-D-L-E at gmail.com. Maybe we should play a little bit of something that you want to... Yeah, I want to play something off of uh, Sam Sipes' album, Hashtag Focus, and it's called Come Through. It's it's an R&B song. Awesome. What? That's I, beautiful. Totally. Now, are you singing on that at all? Yeah, I was on yeah. that. I was making my voice. Like, we just went back and forth. Well, I love that you're singing more. I know you do a lot of rapping as well. Or you actually are the one who told me I should sing more, so I'm, that's why I do it. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm, I'm trying to make Tave proud. Wow. <laughs> Tell us what the name of your new singing project is. It's called Baby Elephant, okay. and it's going to come out, but yeah. Well, let's take it back then. So when did you first start rapping and or singing? Man, I, I probably started singing before I, I was I rapped, but I just was, never thought I was good. I so, disagree. Go ahead. But hey, I mean, as a kid, I always wanted to sing. I used to listen to Michael Jackson and like jump around the house. I just like used to sing in sync songs all the time. Sure. And uh, somebody told me I didn't sound good, so I stopped. But I like to rap too, so I just kept going with that. I don't know. Just now, I feel more free. It feels good to sing. Do you do freestyle rapping ever? Actually, that's the way that I I record my music. I don't write anything. I just, uh, I punch everything in and just freestyle it. Do you want to share a little freestyling with us here? It's like PG rated. Oh. <laughs> you can say no. Oh, man. Sorry. I, I got to not. I have to. What do you mean? Let's... Rap about her beautiful ha- new haircut. All right. Oh, thanks. Uh, here we go. Got a freestyle at the top. What do I say? Probably talk about the haircut on Tave. It's so beautiful and cute. There's a lot of things that I think that I want to do. That's, I don't know. Okay, wait. I gotta, I gotta cut you off. There. 
I'm, I'm just gonna leave the room. Well, this is a private this session. Is, no, it's chilly, right? We're supposed to be. This, we gotta true. spice things up you here. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about the different ways that you write music. Talk to us about the whole process. Well, I used to like write songs and then practice them forever, and then go and record and get frustrated because it didn't come out the way that I imagined. But now I just get a beat, I upload it onto my program. I use Logic. Okay. And uh, I just start freestyle. I just start mumbling, coming up with like melodies, and I, you know, I just record it and whatever sounds good, I keep. So like <laughs> one song could be a variety of things that you were playing around with. Yep, okay. exactly. Okay. And my favorite thing is the collaborative, like working with my friends, me and the homies. We all have studios. We just go to each other's houses and just make it happen. Whatever happens, I'm not gonna censor anything. I'm not gonna overthink what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I used to be so frustrated making music because I, I was just a perfectionist. But somebody told me the other day that perfection is the death of artistry. Well, you can't please everybody. And exactly. you can't, it's just like writing or music or, or even the podcast, like we experience this all the time. And inevitably, serendipitous stuff happens. You'll have these things that'll drop in your lap. Someone will say something and it'll be right in sync with some other thing that you're already covering. And it's um, that's the highlight of collaborative work. It yep. is. Yeah, exactly. Kind of magical. I'm actually yeah. getting goosebumps yeah. thinking about it. So you grew up in Queens in New York. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about this history of hip hop and how this started in New York with public school system. Well, well this was back in the day. I didn't grow up during this time. I just want to make that. You're clear. not that old. Well, I'm not that old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But back in the. I'm that old, but well, you're not that old. Back in the 70s. They took away the instruments in school. You know, they didn't have the funding for it. So um, there was no outlet. You know, there was no way for kids to make music. So um, they just would take the break beats and the records and they would have these, like, get downs and parties and just break dance, you know. It didn't even start out with words. Like, people weren't even rhyming. And there was an MC that was supposed to cheer on the dancers, mm -hmm. you know. But then the MC started, like, going back and forth with it, kind of battling each other with crews that were rapping. And it, I feel the history gets even deeper because I was talking to my man about Islam and how Prophet Muhammad, at the time, Arabs were big on poetry. They would just get together and like recite poems or surahs with each other. And Prophet Muhammad, his rhymes were like, oh, this dude is like, he's like, he was like the Jay-Z, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's the same thing, it's just the oral tradition. Just now, we also have computers. Well, I, it's fascinating. It's also a testament to we all need music in our lives and we will find ways to make mm -hmm. it happen no so matter fast. what. So I hate to be the one that pulled the cord, but... Wait, how uh, do people find out about your music, whether it's your own singing or rapping or the music that you're producing? So how right do they now, find out about Shuggy Ponson? So you can follow me on Instagram at Shuggy Ponson. And if people want to hear older versions of your stuff, they would find you at Notorious Jai? Yeah, Notorious J-A-I at SoundCloud. Right now, I need everybody to just listen to Sam Sipes' project, hashtag focus. People need to go on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, and just rock that. All right, we've come to the end of another fun live show. Thank you, Shuggy Ponson, a.k.a. Well, Jai Hurdle. Thank Hurtle. you, Tave and Brian. <laughs> yes, thanks again. And um, thanks for listening out there to Peace, Love, and Soup Live with Brian Delaney and Tave Fashe Drake. Audio nourishment for the heart and mind. To find out more about us and listen to the past episodes, go to peaceloveandsoup.com. Or you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Peace, Love, and Soup. Finally, Jai, we wish you the best of luck with the release of Baby the Elephant. Elephant. What song are we going to play out to? Tell me the name of it. I Know You Heard My Song is the working title. Okay, yeah. cool. I know you heard my song. Hey, I know you heard my song. 
Yeah, that's that nigga that I did it, I know. 